Hello and welcome to Money Mastery and Financial Planning, a podcast for women with your host, Rebecca Robertson. We're going to be focusing on maximising your money, creating wealth and empowering financial success. For more information about us, head over to our website, www.rebeccarobertsonevo.co.uk. Enjoy. So today we're going to be talking to Danny Wallace and Danny is an absolutely amazing trainer coach that teaches people how to speak and get speaking gigs and she started with real humble beginnings much more like myself um, and what she's going to be sharing with us today is her journey about how she overcame not just imposter syndrome but literally in a place where um, she, she never really knew or felt that she could achieve the great success that she's achieving right now and how she went about doing that. Um, so we both share some really in-depth stories about ourselves. Um, so anybody that is looking to rise up and looking to achieve more, then this is definitely the right podcast for you. So I hope you enjoy. Wonderful, Danny. Hello, my darling. Hello. Oh, I'm made up to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm so, do you know what? I saw you um, online months and months and months ago and you were sharing a little bit about your story. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, I've got to get Danny on the show. I just want, I just want you to share um, more of you. And you're always, you know, in your job, you're getting other people to do the same thing, right? Yeah, How- it's nice to be interviewed, like, for a change and, like, be a guest on something instead of me doing, like, the, the making people talk. <laughs> No, how's it feel? It's like a bit of role reversal going on here. I love it. I love it. I'm I'm terrible. I'm a, I'm a total media whore. I'd rather I'd, I'd, as long as I'm talking and sharing, and people are talking and sharing, I'm a happy pee. You're happy. That's all good. Well, I love your energy, and I'm so excited for you to share a, a little bit about what you do because you do so much for other people. You did an event recently, and you raised loads of money for charity. And I know there were charities that were close to your heart. And um, do you want to quickly tell us about those charities? Yeah, so I'm um, I'm a survivor of domestic abuse and homelessness. And when I started the business as as it is now, so the I, the I am the Queen Bee movement and my public speaking business, I always promised myself that when I got to a position where I was comfortable and safe again, then I would kind of reach behind me and help those that maybe experienced a similar thing, help them be comfortable and safe again. So. Um, I partnered with uh, Women's Aid um, Mm -hmm. in June, just got, uh, well, just got, I mean, we're we're talking in 2020, my God, we're talking in 2020, what a year this has been, but in, in, in June 2020, uh, we were seven weeks into lockdown, so we was in a global pandemic, and the numbers of domestic violence uh, domestic violence experiences and reports to the domestic violence helpline had gone up by 700%. And I was kind of sat there. I'd just done an incredible launch. My, me and my family were comfortable. And I was kind of sat in my ivory tower thinking, oh, there's no way that I can sit here and not do anything. So I created a, a happening, a little online happening. Um, and we it raised incredible. some money. <laughs> it was brilliant. We, we raised, we raised a, a, a substantial amount of money. It's just shy of 20,000 in the end, uh, 20,000 pounds. Um, for women's aid and also for the LGBTQ uh, community uh, domestic violence charity called Gallup. Um, so yeah, right. it was a real, it was a real feat. It was interesting because I, we, I just created it from my bedroom and I wasn't expecting <laughs> it to do so well. And it ended up being, it ended up being amazing. Absolutely incredible. And I love your energy behind it and your purpose behind it. 
and I'm sure you're going to be telling us more about a little bit about yourself um, as we uh, the conversation evolves. So I'm going to hit you with my first question. I ask everyone the same sort of questions, and, and, and do you know what? There's an outcome from it that's always different. Everyone talks about things slightly differently. Um, so what does wealth mean to you? Is it the same as what it is now than maybe what it was in the past? Does, has that changed for you? It's yeah, it really has changed. Um, because I, so I grew up on the council estates of Preston um, and we were, for want of a better phrase, hard up. So we were definitely just below the breadline um, and money was hard won. And also when you had money, you didn't keep money very long. So, you know, the, a lot of where I grew up in my family, in, my, in the surrounding families to us, um, money didn't happen very easily uh, and as such that's it informs a lot of when you're a child it informs a lot of the decisions that you make when you when you grow up so wealth to me growing up was this mystical mythical winning of the lottery yeah uh, right yeah. It, was, it was the promise of disneyland when we won the lottery it wasn't something that we could just go out and do so mm. wealth was very financial based when i was growing up um and when I moved into sort of my career, I, I started off singing all over the world when I was 17, although I told him I was 18. Uh, when I was 17, <laughs> I uh, got on a plane and I worked in different animation teams, uh, in different holiday resorts, worked on cruise ships in production shows. I was a singer and I came back and uh, got a job in corporate and the hours that I did in all of my roles were very long. Again, the money was hard won. Um, I had incredible roles within corporate. I'd seen, uh, I would train senior leaders, um, teach them how to present, you know. And when, when I had that, the, even the great salary, I just couldn't seem to kind of keep hold of, of money. And mm. wealth for me then meant having lots and lots of money. And even when I was earning lots of money, I, it was all going. Um, mm. When I started to relax around money a little bit, when I realized that there were things that I could do to create it in a, in a much more of an easy way, I guess, um, wealth started to look a little bit different because then I found myself in a position where I had money, but then I had no time to spend with my family and no one with which to enjoy it. Um, and I was tired. And I was burnt out. And so my bank account was healthy and my bills were paid. And all of a sudden I'm tired and I don't want to get out of bed and go and enjoy it. Um, mm. So wealth has really sort of morphed and changed and grown as, as my relationship with money has morphed and changed and grown. Naturally, wealth now is much less about money and is much more about different measures of success like how I'm connected with myself. How am I listening to myself? What does my intuition look like? If I'm not listening to myself, I tend to find that I end up getting poorly or I get depressed or I get anxious. Time spent with my kids has become a measure of wealth for us in our family. You know, being able to show up for them, do the school run, pick them up from school. All of these things that I weren't able to do um, were, were now things that I became poor on. So I became in some respects cash rich, but time poor. And wealth for me now is creating this balance of that where we're comfortable um mm. financially where we're comfortable from a, a housing point of view i've been mm. homeless so that's always been a a, a thing that i've chased have a, a house that is stable again um but yeah that is that time wealth and that connection wealth that i didn't afford myself in my younger years when i when i didn't know myself as well i guess 
Yeah, I think there's a different an amount of self-awareness there, whereas you probably grown in self-development. Being a business owner, you tend to get thrown into a load of self-development and you start to have to become more aware. You've got to challenge yourself more. You've got to look at your habits and you've got to question yourself more. Um, but for you, how did you start to, I, you know, I come from a background where um, my dad, uh, I wouldn't say struggled, if you like, but it wasn't an abundance um, wealthy environment in, in the sense that you know you will go to university we'll find the money it was like well no we haven't got money for that you can't you know horse ride we haven't got the money for that and no you can't have those trainers we haven't got the money for that it yeah. was just you know everything was um, minimal in that sense there was no yeah. elaborateness it was all you know um, anything more than over and above it, it, it was perceived just be- what you need oh, yeah what you need yeah, yeah and, that, and, and there is a, a level of um, I guess from a, a, a being grateful for what you've got and there is that sort of balance between the two. Um, but certainly in growing up, it was almost like, no, you can just have your brother's hand-me-down trainers. You don't need trainers of your own. It's like, yeah. and I think as women t- teaching that taught me not much about my own self-love. Your self-worth. Yeah. I was the youngest in my family and my, my mum and dad ended up um, taking on different cousins because I mean, domestic violence was rife a in the area that it was in a B within our family. It was inherent. It was generational. So my aunties and uncles had their struggles. My mum and dad had their struggles, but we were like, the anchor family so we had lots of cousins come to live with us it was like a revolving door and by the time clothes got to me they was like it wasn't just a hand-me-down like from my sister it was they'd been through five different kids before (laughs) stuff had got to me so my my self-worth my um my capacity for thinking that I could go and buy things for myself and that be okay just Mm. was not in the fabric of my psyche. It wasn't in the fabric of how I was made up. And when I got, you know, even now it's really difficult to, you know, when someone goes, treat yourself. I'm like, I don't know how to treat myself. I don't know how. And how did you (laughs) go from being, you know, in that environment to be able to say, to, to move on to that next phase? Because often, we're almost anchored by those environments. It's what we're used to. It's what we mm. understand. And we're yeah. worried about what they're going to say or their judgment or, um, you know, what they're going to perceive us to be. There's yeah. a lot of you know, bad perceptions around when you have money. So when you did mm. start earning well and you were traveling around, how did you start to let go of your families or, or and the, the environment that you lived in, their impressions of you? And, and secondly, how did you, did you, do you think that when you had the money, you just spent it because you'd never had much before. So you just spent whatever you had, do you think? Initially, yes. So initially I would spend what I earned and wonder why I was still on the, on the breadline. But it, I guess subconsciously I was sabotaging the money that I was earning because I didn't know what to do with it. We didn't mm. have savings. We, you know, we had doorstep loans, you know, with mm. really high APRs. I remember hiding behind the couch when someone would come knocking to come and collect, like, cause my yeah. mom just didn't have the money or, you know, my grandparents having bar tabs when they were like, it, there just was it. There was no abundance. There was no extra money. It was always even, um, even when I started earning money, um, I became a single parent and all of a sudden my whole, my, my complete wage was eaten up by nursery fees. And I felt right. like that was out of my hands, but I refused to not work. Mm. So I was in this really weird state of when I, even when I was earning like 30, 40, 45,000 pounds a year, people would look at me and go, she's got a really good job as Danny. She's doing really well for herself. And I'm like, I went to go to food banks. 
No. And is it because I'm frittering it away? It's almost, it was almost kind of happening as a byproduct of the decisions that I were making. And then when I started to understand what that was and start to be more savvy around it and re really heal my relationship with money. And I had to, I had to start writing love letters to it and saying, you know, like welcoming it into my life instead of saying to it, you know, if you tell someone you're afraid of it, you know, if you tell somebody that you're afraid of them, they're not going to want to hang around with you. And money is a similar energy. Like yeah. if I'm telling money, I'm afraid of it. It's like, oh, she's afraid of me. We won't hang around with her. We'll go and hang around with people who enjoy our company, who right. know enjoy it right so when i when i got to grips with that way of thinking and started to heal my relationship with money um i i would i bought a nicer car for example yeah but it was really difficult to go and tell my mum about it or go and tell my sister about it i remember when the first time i did um a launch of of my course um so my public speaking course and I'd launched it for the first time and it did incredibly well. Like I earned, earned more in, in, in that time than I had done the whole of the previous year in my singing business. And my friend got on the phone to me. She's like, have you treated yourself for selling? Have you celebrated what you've just done? And I'm like, yeah, I've been, I've been the Tesco, bought myself a bottle of wine. I made up. <laughs> mark the occasion treat yourself celebrate the fact that you've just completely looked after your family for the next six months you don't have to worry about anything and yeah. um she like made me buy myself a michael kors bag and even going around to my sister like, michael kors bag, even going around to my sister's house now with my michael kors bag and my michael kors purse still feels a bit weird because it was never something that i did for myself so it's i'm still learning um yeah. How, how did you manage that relationship with with your family like did they i mean i'm not saying that they're bad if they did judge you because mm -hmm. i think it's, it's judging people is a natural we all do it whether we, yeah. we like it or not in small ways or in, in you know not so nice ways and um, but do you feel that they judged you or people looked at you differently at all like how did you start to sh shift that what drove you to want to not really care maybe i think it was it wasn't so much that they judged me they didn't know what to do with me is they didn't they, they they don't know what to do because I'm generous with my family like I want to help them I've always said since I was very very young to my mum because we struggled so much one day that you'll want for nothing and now I'm in a position where I can say well can say to my mum look retire and spend the last eight years of your working life like come and work with us like come and mm. just help me see to the kids while I'm building the empire all of that sort of stuff mm. and she's still worried that the money isn't going to keep coming in. She thinks this is some fluke. It's like I've won the lottery for the short term. <laughs> so it's, it's just really, I've got to keep checking in with myself to make sure that I, you know, I look at my business plans. I look at my strategy. I look at the way that the money is coming in. I'm absolutely solid in my propositions and my offerings. And I have to almost cut those emotional and psychological. They doubt you, right? They make you yeah. doubt. They start to doubt yourself, even though you've got it all together and you've, done everything you should um but I think when you um when you get to like year two or year three and then you can go look we're still all I'm good still doing it <laughs> <laughs> then then they're like okay maybe I'll start trusting it and, and I you know my husband's got a really good job um and I had a really good year and he turned around and said well just just you know cautious super cautious and people well you know and people are so and he's quite entrepreneurial he's quite a good a big risk taker um, but when it comes to business he was he's terribly cautious with me and he's oh you're not are you sure and, and, I, and I stopped telling him stuff I just stopped yeah 
Oh, precisely because, that. <laughs> because they just don't get it. And then yeah. he's, a, you know, whether it's your mum that's, you know, my husband's like a senior director in the law firm, you know, it doesn't matter mm. where they are in their career. If, if they don't get it, they don't get it. Yeah. And I think especially in the entrepreneurial space as well, it's very difficult. If everybody around you is in the kind of the comfort of that monthly employment, that monthly paycheck. Yeah. That when you are, for all intents and purposes, hustling, when, when you are, <laughs> I, don't, I don't see it as hustling anymore. It's, I, I work to a business plan. I'm You're a busy bee. I'm a very busy bee. Strategically growing my business. But like you say, it's, it, I've had to stop my husband gets it now i mean he's he's eating living breathing it with me he's got no choice like i'm doing a lot at the minute off of the back of lockdown out of my bedroom i'm like rapunzel i could only get out if i let down my hair but he sees he sees the the fruits you know he he sees the bank account he can see the steady money coming in he's a very much a part of the business now but it it took Mm. him a little while to click i needed him to understand it because he was going to move in the business he does a lot of the design work and stuff my mum and my sister i can't tell them too much because it is it's just a little bit out there and it's a little bit left field for them to even my Mm. mum's like so what is it that you do now and i'm like (laughs) god mum I know. It's, it's I help people like, talk, Mum. <laughs> and I was explaining you for that. I was explaining to people the other day, like a program that I'm putting out, and I was explaining it to my husband. I was like, okay, so if I have a one-to-one client, this is how much time and hours I have to put into it, and how much I earn. But if I have this program, I'll earn I don't know, probably six times, but I do half the amount of hours. And I was explaining this even to my daughter the other day that. Um, my mother-in-law lives with us she has got a job and she's paid an hourly rate and she's got a very good job in a doctor's surgery a respectable job in a doctor's surgery and I was explaining my hourly rate and her hourly rate and I said I'm not saving people's lives but literally my hourly rate is is you know but it's all about what doing what makes you happy right and and there is there is this um I saw someone post the other day uh, about what luxury goods people you know what luxury goods do people want and i think mm. um i see a lot of people wasting money like you, you described are spending money but it's actually not aligned to their values right so i think it's great to go and buy a michael Kors bag if that makes you um have something to sort of hold up and say i bought this on on the back of this and you're yeah. actually saying this is a milestone um but i don't necessarily think it's a healthy thing to do just to randomly go and buy it because well, I don't want to go around looking at this, you know, look at my, me with this more yes. Michael Kors. There's a massive exactly different that. psychology piece on it. Um, and everyone was posting the same sorts of things, Michael Kors, Louis Vuitton. There's like all this different, you know, mm. fancy brands. And when I was in corporate and I didn't have children, I used to spend loads of money on that kind of thing. And do you know what? Um, they sat in my cupboard doing nothing. They just... And there's no pockets in shrouds. Like you can't take any of that stuff with you. A lot no. of luxury for me looks like experiences. I would rather go and experience a tasting menu at a Michelin star restaurant and go and, oh, and, yeah. and go and have that as an experience. For me, that's luxury. I'm yeah. not really, I've slept on a park bench. I've been homeless before today. So like expensive hotels and all of that. Like I get it. I understand it. Yeah. But I'm up here in a travel lodge. But if you t- take me to a nice restaurant, I'm a bit of a foodie. Or if I can have a really incredible theatrical experience or if I could go and do something that I'm never going to forget for the rest of my life then that for me is luxury as opposed yeah. to going and buying a bag so I got a bag I couldn't well turn up for like the business meetings that I turn up for now with my prime art bag and you know why not well why I mean not? I can but <laughs> I didn't feel I didn't feel like that's where I was positioning myself sure. um 
especially you know there is a degree of perception when you're doing some of those exactly and i do and i do get that but i think that's where it for me that's where it's wrong that's Mm -hmm. where that's the judgment that comes in and that's what drives people to get into more debt it's what drives them and i see a lot online with business owners and it's a whole amount of bs around the perception right and i've seen actual people's bank accounts i know the truth and I, you know, I won't get on one of my rants, but it, it, I, I do. I, I love very, a soapbox. I'm not going <laughs> to do it today, but I do strongly believe in um, talking about this stuff. So people are aligned to their values mm. because if you are spending in a way, you'll get to the end of the month and you'll have nothing to show for it. And you'll feel like rubbish. You'll just yeah. feel rubbish. What have you done all of that for? Really? What have you done all that for? Exactly. What, what mm. is it about? Um, now let's move on to the next question because I think well, you know, I knew we were going to talk I knew this was going to be a good one so we've talked about what wealth means to you but what advice would you give your younger self what maybe you wouldn't change anything but would mm. you whisper what would you whisper in your ear maybe at those two different phases that you described stop giving it all away so I would I, so I would stop giving so much money away so what I would do is I say I had a flush month I would then take all of my family out for dinner because I wanted to say thank you because I'd had such a rotten time that I wanted to kind of give back and validate myself almost by saying, you know, here, let me spoil you. Let me treat you again. It was a validation thing. I don't need to do that anymore. Um, the interesting, the, one of the interesting things I've just been, I've just been writing a book. Mm, and as, a lot comes out of doing that, right? Yeah. And I, there's been a lot of reflection. The, the book is about overcoming self-sabotage and becoming successful. And actually, you know, I spent a lot of years sabotaging myself. You know, I, I racked everything up. I was a bundle of potential. I'm an intelligent woman and managed to get some brilliant jobs. And every time I would just like pit myself at the post or mm. I would jibber myself out and get myself fired from jobs, all sorts of crazy stuff. And the one thing that I was looking for when I was younger was external validation. Mm. And when I look back on, say we'll call her past Danny. If I look back on past Danny, I love her viciously. I love her viciously and fiercely. And I wish I could go back and just hug her and say, I've got you. I trust you. And I love you. And I'm really grateful for everything that you're doing now mm. because she needed to hear that. Mm. And she wasn't getting that from anywhere else. But I know now that future Danny is going to absolutely love and be grateful for everything that I'm doing now. So I already know that I'm loved regardless. So I don't have to seek that external validation. I don't have to throw my money around anymore to, to have people think that I'm kind and generous. I just have to be kind. Like I just have to turn up like, cause that's yeah. part of my core values is it's to help people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I don't have to, because my perception of wealth has changed now. Yeah, my perception of wealth isn't centered around money. It means that I'm able to hold on to it better. Actually, it's funny. You let go of your perception of wealth, the more of it that you get. It's crazy. It's um, so true. That, that is <laughs> profound, and it's you, unfortunately it's like this secret curtain that until you've gone past it, you peek, you peek, and you go, "No, that can't be. That that's can't not be right. Fair. That's, that's not a fib. right." <laughs> That's, it can't be as easy as that. Yeah. And then you have another little peek and then you open it up and then you step in beside and, and you look back and go, I, it was staring me in the face. Why didn't yeah. I believe it? And, and so people, you might want to say that again, because people that may be hearing that for the first time won't, won't get it. That, so what about letting the, once you re- let go of your perception of what wealth is, actually the more of it you get. And I yeah. found that mind blowing because once I realized, once I relaxed around money, 
once I started to just like allow the tension from my shoulders to release when I started to talk about money, once I realized all my bills were paid and that I wasn't in danger anymore, that I wasn't running away from anything, that I wasn't yeah. seeking validation for anything, then money started to happen. It started to it's happen. So it's so true. strange. Uh, I, I still have to work for it. I still have to have yeah. a strategy. I still have to plan. I still have like, to sell you, stuff. You can't just sit there and meditate and it falls on your lap, right? <laughs> I just told the universe that I want a million because, quid and it just popped up. Exactly. It doesn't happen. And I can, the reason I can say that I totally agree is because I do totally agree and I found exactly the same. And I wanted validation through awards and things like that. I've, I've, mm. I joke about it now. I literally have like awards all over the floor like in my <laughs> office it's ridiculous and that was my way of validating to proving to my industry to proving to my peers to everybody that I was good enough and that was down to my education the lack of education I had then for the role that I'm doing I felt that I needed to prove myself that I was good enough to do what I do and to to, to have a business and you know have a good career and, and all of that even though I had a good career in corporate and, and stuff like that before and then the reason I also know that is because when I got into um, real pickle, when I came back from maternity leave about four years, I had a great business, came back from maternity leave. And basically um, I was having to rob Peter to pay Paul to yep. keep the business going, to keep, you know, to, to be able to keep the, my team on board, I had to reduce some staff down. Um, I had to, I had literally, my diary was dead quiet. I had to basically start all over again, start from fresh, but having the outgoings of an established business almost, not as established as I am now, um, I've now got like a team of six or seven or something of like administrators and VAs and stuff. Um, and I only had one or two at the time, um, but I, it was still a massive leap. And, and I, even when things were better and okay, I had to catch myself. So even when things are okay, you have to be start to come very self-aware about it yeah. because I'd have an invoice, I'd have an email pop up and I, I, I have things in threes. I have financial threes. And what would happen is, and I'm not even joking, in the space of 24 hours, I had three things hit me. And I had to tell myself it was, for me, this, this, is, this is me sharing what's going on in my head. You can either panic, you have two choices, where mm -hmm. you go, holy bugger, what am I going to do? <laughs> like, and I had, um, it was basically, I, was, I had an office space um, at one point, and I owed the office space a couple of months rent. And at the time I didn't have the money and they were really kicking up a fuss. And there was a lot of people that owed them money. So they, they were, it's, it's a council run operation. And I missed, I, I owed them two months rent. And at that time I just didn't have the revenue. I'd literally just come back from maternity leave. I had a zero clients in my diary. Um, and this is like for, just over four years, four, eight years ago now. And um, I didn't have the money. And I, their, their email hit my inbox and it was a really harsh email. Yeah. And it made me feel sick. And in the space of 24 hours, I had two or three other, like in total, I had three things of the same sorts of nature. Mm. And I had to tell myself this was the universe challenging me. Yeah. This was like one of what I call a pivot moment yeah. where either I'm going to take it on the chin and I'm going to tell the universe that I'm taking it on and it's going to happen and it's mm. going to be okay. Yeah. And you know what? Every time I panicked, it was okay. Yeah. I, I overcome it. I found a way and everything worked out okay. Absolutely. And six, eight months later, I still had to find myself when I, when I saw an email from the same firm, just like my normal monthly invoice, it was 30 quid and I was all good, um, came into my inbox. I, my gut went like that. I literally yeah. found myself catching myself going, oh my God, was it going to be another one? 
And I had to retrain my brain how to think about the smallest things because um, I, that, that moment of panic sets in. So what we're asking for people, if you're feet, if you felt like that, if you feel like that, for them to actually just trust the process is mm. really, really hard. Um, and I, I, I know that you would have done a lot of work on yourself and, and a lot of, um, you know, you need to lean into people. You need to ask for help. You need to be open about it and be vulnerable. And that's really hard to do when mm. you are feeling that those enoughness buttons are being pressed at the same time. Yeah. Um, so, but it's what you've said is true. Once you step behind that curtain and mm. you've let go of all those um, expectations, um, the, the, the pressure that has put on us to be successful, you know, mm. you know, whether you've got a bill to pay or debt or you've got, um, you know, you having to the, the perception of having a cause handbag or a price. Once you've got rid of all of that and mm -hmm. you align to your values, it's amazing how energetically it does flow. Even though I'm not woo. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think this is the thing. I think if you, the it's like when you have you ever like had a the, the top button done, or if you ever had like one of the kids has got stuck in the top yeah and they panic the yeah and their head gets stuck in the t and they panic and they start to tense up and they start to fight it and actually when they relax it just it just comes off or similarly if you've got a button you're trying to get a button undone and you're panicking you can't get this button done or this zip done and actually if you just yeah. park it for a second relax actually it, it's much easier that's not the universe that's just a that's a general energy thing if you relax yeah. around it it's so much easier for for the thing that you want to happen to happen. If you're going yeah. at it when you're tense and you're stressed or you're fighting it, even like even worse, you're fighting it, then mm. no wonder it's not turning out the way that you want it to. So again, a lot of what I had to learn was to relax, was yeah. to realize that I'm safe, that I'm loved. It was a big one, you know, again, like go, if go right back to where, where I was as a child. It wasn't that I wasn't loved. It was because everybody else was, there there was lots of people around it was very buzzy and being the youngest it's hard to be heard mm. so like understanding that I'm loved understanding that I'm safe were all of those things that I needed to relax around in order for the really good stuff to happen and that was a real part of the the work that I had to do to make sure that I could do the things that I'm doing now amazing and I'm loving this conversation and I'm, I'm sure others will would love to hear your reviews and your comments on this podcast because I'm, I'm really enjoying it um so the last question is what's wealth for you in the future? What is the next phase? Have you seen your, you've morphed into who you are today. I call it evolution of money, which mm. is why my regulated business is called evolution financial planning because people do evolve with their money yeah. and it's a constant involvement. What do you see in your future? So there's two things that I see in my future. So one is as soon as I started to make money, having done the work that I'd done, I realize, and this has really only been in the past 12 months where there's been a significant amount of money coming in, money that I hadn't experienced before. I understand what my self-saboteur does. So to A, get to grips with that means that I can then ask the right questions, asking people like you say, okay, so I've got this money coming in now, what? Because what I never want to happen again is I don't want to be homeless. So I'm still moving further away and further away and further away from being that person who would give all the money away or self-sabotage in one way or another. So wealth for me going forward is about making the wealth that's coming in now. So the money from a financial perspective, like a financial wealth perspective, secure so that I can remain relaxed around it so that I'm not having to fight all the time. 
so that I don't just live to my means so that actually we've got money we've got savings I mean that's a bloody revelation for anybody like in my life in my family in my like having actual savings and like or you know having a pension or and it sounds really quite boring and quite dry but being able to maintain that relaxation around money is actually one of the ways that I know that my wealth is going to grow going forward so you know like I said oh, I've been on the phone to you I was like right okay so Rebecca is what's going on like <laughs> I'm getting scared now because the potential here is I want to piss this up a wall like what about <laughs> um, because it is I could feel it happening so it's making sure that I've got all the foundations in place for all of those things Amazing. and the other the other thing is to so the house that I'm living in now is the house that I had to move into when I was homeless. Um, and it has taken me 10 years to get everything sorted again and my credit rating in, in, a, in a strong position to be earning the kind of money that, that makes us comfortable as a family. So actually being able to get on the property ladder again and buying, and not just buying a house, actually buying a house that is befitting of the work that we do and, and yeah. how hard we work as a family and it's nice to be able to go you know you're saying about luxuries before I went to take my mum to the house that we're looking at buying and I almost felt embarrassed taking her through the door to this house because it is it's a bloody nice house and I'm thinking is she is she gonna not know how to deal with it and she was she was uncomfortable and then she cried and she was like I'm really proud of you because she knows where I've come Aww. from and she knows where we've come from and we are breaking those generational cycles which is- I absolutely love and, <laughs> and and I talk about generational wealth and the wealth gap getting wider yeah and I believe that people like yourself people like me are the answer to show other people that you know you 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 doesn't matter where you come from right don't let those labels dictate what the future looks like and that with covid unfortunately those wealth gaps are just getting wider um but sharing my uh, that's what why i'm passionate about what i do to share the education and particularly with women women business owners and and women that are earning well in corporates to be able to share that information with their children so we can start to have this this shift of money because yeah. wealth isn't just for the ultra wealthy it should be for no. everybody absolutely and you know i've lost everything during a recession and i have earned fantastic amounts of money during essentially you know a global pandemic and eventually yeah. recession and the only thing that was different was what was behind my eyes and between my ears was how savvy i was being about and healing my relationship with money and how savvy i was being when that money came into my life so you know being able to share that you, you can break those generational cycles in fact mm. you know don't mess with people that break those kind of cycles like they are uneffable with i don't know if i can swear on this but you're like, you can't <laughs> f with those people because they're they're breaking breaking ancestral ties and it's I think is something that's pertinent in many respects right now is that we get to choose going forward the whole I and the Queen Bee movement is about choosing your birthright of success abundance of wealth of happiness of peace of all of those things for everybody not just for you know even if taking it to the race conversation just for just for white people like for everybody being able to choose to go forward and the way in which we choose to go forward is absolutely imperative and you know having people like you out there sharing this sort of messages it's amazing well thank honestly i, I really enjoyed i knew i would i'd enjoy this chat today so how can people connect with you if they want to work with you or just check out what you're doing 
I mean, you've got a daily show, right? Monday I do. Friday. <laughs> so at the top of, at the top of the at the top of the lockdown, I needed a reason to get out of bed in them. Otherwise, I'd have just had a lie in every day, and that's no good when you've got three kids. So I made myself accountable, and every morning at eight o'clock weekdays, we're moving it to quarter past nine actually. So by the time you guys are listening to this out there, it'll be quarter past nine on the Queen Bee Daddy page on Facebook. We've got the Show Up Wise Up Rise Up show where we share the businesses of and the stories of all of the inspirational people that are part of the I and the Queen Bee movement, people that come into the audience, people like yourself. Uh, Rebecca, you've been on the show. Um, I've sponsored. Um, sponsored one of you, I've, I've actually been on your show. You need to come on my show. Right, so by the, time, by the time the show goes out, you'll have been on I'll my be show. On there. <laughs> Um, so yeah, having, having that in the morning is a great way to, hey, it's a really good way to start your day and get away from the kind of the media fear that is fed to us early oh, morning so much. Um, by the, the, the likes of Piers Morgan and, and such, um, you know. Well, I'd much rather listen to your chirpy little voice than Piers Morgan, <laughs> that's, that's for sure. So and yeah. Then, what's your website, Danny? Would you like it's, to share that with people? I am thequeenbee.co.uk and all of the information about everything that I'm getting up to is on there as well. So all of the events that I do, the Be Inspired events that I run, the show uh, that we run, uh, you know, Monday to Friday and all the different ways you work with me on there. I am thequeenbee.co.uk. Oh, fabulous. And on that note... Well, thank you very much for joining us. And um, I'd love me. people that are listening, please leave your reviews. Um, I'd love to hear what you think about this particular show. I've super enjoyed it. Um, you are the queen bee. That is definitely for sure, Danny. <laughs> and uh, sending everybody lots of love. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us today with this amazing chat with Danny. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. This is the end of this particular series of podcasts and we'll be back in a few uh, weeks or months time um, to be showing you some new interviews and some new content for you. We're taking a break. This is currently November, December, just before the Christmas period. And we'll be taking a break for a few months and bringing you some new, fresh content in the near future. I hope you all well and stay healthy. Take care. Thanks for tuning in. We'd love to know your thoughts and feedback, whether we've helped you master your money or assisted in future-proofing your finances. If you'd like to get in touch or to see further information about our services, please head over to www.rebeccarobertsonevo.co.uk.